0: Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett, And I'm not dreaming that it's over. Aww. And uh, this is Soundography, uh, where we focus on an artist or a band, their entire library of music, and we, uh, we we listen the whole thing from start to finish and decide, what do we like? What are the high points? What are the low points? Are there no points? Or are there many points? In this case, <laughs> there are many points. <laughs> and uh, it's a band that that I easily put in my top two or three favorite bands. Like uh, these guys share space up there with, with squeeze. And then this kind of third spot for me is this rotating. The, the, or maybe this month it's suede or maybe this month it's divine comedy. Now it's usually divine comedy. We'll say the rotating spot is number four, but it's probably squeeze crowded house, divine comedy. And then the rotating
1: fourth spot. (laughs) And that could be anything from, they might be giants to Exactly. Manic
0: street preachers, beautiful South. Any of the any of the above mega so exactly third eye blind exactly. not that <laughs> definitely <laughs> not the, not either of those last two that you said uh, well, let's talk about how the band got together how Crowded House got together uh, all started with another New Zealand band called Split Ends the uh, the N Z in Ends is uh, for New Zealand I didn't figure that out until I was much older uh, Neil Finn and Paul Hester were in that band around the end of the uh, the end of that band's career Tim Finn um, had uh, uh, who was also in Split Ends, one of the founders of the band Split Ends, had left. He had had a solo career that was going really well. Neil Finn had a um, was having a son, so it was looking like Split Ends was was kind of coming to an end, <laughs> a lot of ends. And they put out one last album called See Around, and featured Paul Hester. They brought in Paul Hester to play drums for that one. Mm-hmm. And after the end of Split Ends. <laughs> Finn and Hester decided to form a new band during the first Split Ends Farewell Tour ends with a bang in 1984. So, uh, Neil Finn and Paul Hester, after ending, leaving Split Ends, or after the dissolution of Split Ends, decided they wanted to form a new band. So, they created a new band called The Mullanes, and they didn't like the name of that. Uh, They brought in guitarist Nick Seymour, uh, who asked if he could audition for the band, and Craig Hooper, who had been with The Reels, joined. And then shortly afterwards, they were signed to Capitol Records. And they, they uh, after a, an encouragement by the label to change their name, they called themselves Crowded House. And it was a reference to the crowded living situation in the Hollywood Hills for the, for the four of them. After producing Can't Carry On, keyboardist Eddie Rayner was asked to join the band. He was another former split Enz'er. Because of their history with split ends, there was a fan base already in place in Australia. They played some festivals ahead of the release of their first album, the self titled 1986 album, Crowded House. This was certified platinum in four countries. The singles from this album were Mean to Me, World Where You Live, Now We're Getting Somewhere, Don't Dream It's Over, and Something So Strong. That's- That's-
1: So that Don't Dream It, It's Over was a huge hit and it permeated my life in a really, really big way the year I moved to Hawaii. Like I, that fall, I listened to it all the time. Like it was, I don't think I owned the album, but it somehow I was listening to this song all the time. And I have vivid memories of the fall before I started school in Hawaii. It's all I listened to. It was a, a big. It was
0: a big radio hit, at least here in uh, the the continental US. So I could understand it being big out there as well. It's probably where you heard it all the time. Yeah. Was if you had radio. I just remember timing wise, like this was this was my next to last year of high school. Uh, remember clock radios, people? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's something. That's something. Now was yours the digital or their flip? Oh, mine was digital. I did want the flip, like uh, like Groundhog Day flip style <laughs> uh, clock. <laughs> But no, mine was digital. And what, for whatever reason, the radio station I was listening to, which would have been at the time, the peak, I think 96.5, the peak, it was in their heavy rotation, Don't Dream It's Over. And it seemed like every time it woke me up, it was either in the middle of that song or that song would come on a f- couple minutes later as I was kind of laying in bed snoozing to, to finally get up. It was on heavy rotation that uh, at that time. And I remember waking up all the time to that song and I loved it. I loved it before I even knew that split ends, cause I was a huge fan of split ends mm-hmm. and I had uh, their true colors album, their time and tide album um, on cassette. And I had no idea that there was a connection to split ends when I first started hearing that song and I loved it. And then I found out very shortly after that, it's like, Oh, this is actually the same guys or or the brother from that band Who's got his own deal, and uh, uh, and and it was an instant, you know, instant crowded or crowded house fanboy for me. Like yeah. they moved into the the top stop, uh, so top spot. I actually one.
1: told a very similar story of that, just not that long ago, because I in the sky, calling back I in the sky, <laughs> uh-huh, was yeah. playing every morning before I got on the bus to go to sixth grade. I was in Virginia. <laughs> And <laughs> really? it would play sometime in that half hour window before, when I came down to the kitchen and when I got on yeah. the bus. At some point every morning, I would hear that song before I left. That's funny.
0: So no wonder, no wonder it permeated the previous season of uh, soundography so 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 much. That's <laughs> uh, great. All right. So the first release of that album was only 10 tracks, but later they added a cover of Split Ends' I Walk Away which was from that See Around album. So two-thirds <laughs> of, uh, of Crowded House was already in Split Ends at the time that, um, that re- they recorded the original. So it's almost a recover. Uh, a deluxe edition of the album was released in 2016, and it's got an entire disc of demos and b-sides and unreleased material. In March of 1987, they won Best New Talent and Song of the Year and Best Video for Don't Dream It's Over for the newly created ARIA Music Awards. Uh, That video also won Best Video for a New Artist for MTV as well.
1: Uh, I remember when MTV mattered. Totally.
0: Yeah. Now it's like, oh, Best Video of MTV. Who cares?
1: And also, (laughs) no one's watching. They're not showing the videos. that are winning the awards. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're showing reality
0: programs and stuff like that.
1: Uh, They followed that
0: album up with 1988's Temple of Low Men. They had joked that the title of this album would be called Mediocre (laughs) Follow-Up. They ended up calling it (laughs) Temple of Low Men.
1: Now, that was uh, Glass Tiger's was, second album. Yeah, mediocre follow-up. That's a lot of there's a
0: lot of bands that could have their second album be <laughs> called Mediocre Follow Up. Nice
1: Glass Tiger reference,
0: by the way. Pulling pulling that fancy. Like, that's the that will be the only time anywhere in the world that Glass Tiger will be mentioned today.
1: <laughs> Even their former members aren't gonna say it.
0: None of their former members, yeah. No, they're 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 cutting hair at a Uh, Bob Salon like won't even mention the fact by the way I used to be in Glass Tiger Uh, (laughs) uh, this uh, album would go on to win the 1989 Aria album of the year and they would get best group they would also get best cover art and song of the year for Better Be Home Soon I love the fact that the Aria Awards have best cover art as a category that's cool I wish
1: I wish there was more of that because I think it would bring back the art of the cover art for sure are the Aria Awards still a thing I don't know. I I only was copying the notes. I didn't do any research thinking that you were going to ask me that question. (laughs) The ARIA, yeah, it's
0: the Australian, basically, it's the Australian Grammys, and it's still going on. And the uh, last ceremony was November 24th, 2022. No idea if the ARIA Awards still celebrate cover art, but they should. they They should. They totally should. I love that category. The singles from this album uh, were Better Be Home Soon, which I just mentioned. When You Come, Into Temptation, Sister Madly, and I Feel Possessed. There was a deluxe reissue also of this album in 2016 with a second unreleased material. And uh, about this time, Rainer left the band, and Mark Hart joined in 1989. Seymour was fired, but then rehired within a short month time.
1: Kind of like Michael Jordan when he left the NBA, he was gone for 18 <laughs> months and then was rehired.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's uh, when you think of uh, Crowded House, really the only two members. That have been with the band the entire time Are Neil Finn and, uh, and Nick Seymour They are the, the Crowded Houseians Between uh, the release of that and the next Crowded House album The brothers Finn Tim and Neil got back together after the breakup of Split Ends And recorded an album simply titled Finn Before the start of the next album cycle Tim liked working with Neil enough That he joined for 1991's Woodface uh, Tim joined the band uh, for this album and it contains songs that didn't make the last album as well as new songs that were co-written by Tim and Neil. You could hear uh, the different, they they do the thing where whoever wrote it gets to do the vocals on it. And so you hear all the ones that uh, that Tim wrote and all the ones that Neil wrote. And their least favorite track uh, on the album. And, and my least favorite Crowded House song, I think, is a song called Chocolate Cake. And they've even, you know, said that, yeah, we're, it's, we regret (laughs) writing and recording that. Uh, The song All I Ask, which is a Tim Finn composition, was used in an AIDS awareness campaign in Australia. Mark Hart left the band after the tour. Don't worry, folks, he'll be back. There was a 2007 documentary called Great Australian Albums that talked about uh, this time period in the band's history. That's something I need to track down. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Great Australian albums. Uh, Even though these guys are New Zealand, but they just, you know, Australia likes to adopt the things in New Zealand that they like. That that, that are good. And then they try to push off everything they don't like. (laughs) Exactly, yes. A 1996 special edition live album was released. And around the same time, uh, they released a greatest hits album called Recurring Dream. Again, there was a 2016 deluxe release of Woodface with... Yes, you guessed it. A second di- uh, disc of unreleased live material and outtakes. And there was a hidden track at the end of the album called I'm Still Here.
1: And uh, it's... I miss the days of hidden tracks.
0: Yeah, it's its so difficult to pull off in an era of streaming singles. Yeah. Because the only time you'll hear it is if you stream just that one song. People, other than, you know, other than the new album by Taylor Swift and, and fans like us listening to our favorite albums. It's only your favorite bands that you'll listen to a brand new album from start to finish track by track by track, as opposed to, Oh, here's a, here's a new song for an upcoming album by this artist. Great. Listen to that one. Then here's another song by that artist for them, for the upcoming album. Like albums, a lot of albums aren't released as a, at the same time, a collection of tracks you get, you get the 10 songs in like a, you know, a few weeks apart each. And yep.
1: um, well, and also uh, you can't it. hide the hidden track now because you see it's 12 minutes long. So it's either a right. dream theater song or a hidden track. <laughs> Take a drink, everybody. <laughs>
0: 1993 saw the release of Together Alone. I think this is my favorite uh, Crowded House album. Tim had left the band again So he was just there for one album Mark Hart returned for this album He was just gone for one album (laughs) Although uh, Tim did uh, jump in To do some backup singing on this one Uh, The singles from this one Were Distant Sun and Locked Out
1: Locked Out appeared on Reality Bites. Uh, That's twice this movie's been brought up this season. I think we might need to watch it now.
0: We apparently do. That that would be a good one. I haven't seen it since uh,
1: since the nineties. I thought that uh, I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater, the Dollar Theaters, while I was at BYU.
0: This album is seen as more experimental and musically varied than prior albums. I would I would even say that if you look at the Crowded House typical concert set, they seem to pull. More from this album than they do, any of the the two albums before. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think Woodface, because you've got oh, we didn't talk about the singles from Woodface, but yeah, you've got um, Fall at Your Feet, Weather with You, uh, Four Seasons in One Day. There were a lot of singles from from Woodface, but it still seems like they pull a lot
1: from Together Alone when they're in the concert. I just learned something. What'd you learn? That I picked a hit, I or I like I picked I'm a single.
0: Beginning to know her. It go. I'll fail when you call. And whenever I fall at your feet. Oh, wait a minute. You didn't realize you did it. It's totally fine.
1: Okay. I appreciate
0: yeah. you forgiving me for that. Full pop. Listen, I've. <laughs> I've done I've done that a lot so <laughs> over the years so that's totally fine. The Japanese release of Together Alone had a bonus track called "You Can Touch" that later appeared on an album called Afterglow. We'll talk about that in a minute. Paul Hester quit the band mid tour in 1994 to fly home for the birth of his child, and also stated that he needed more time with family. The uh, the demands of touring really took a toll. On Paul Hester, and he had a real uh, hard time with that. Peter Jones replaced him. And in 1996, Recurring Dream was released. Uh, it held four songs from each album and three new songs. We mentioned that Recurring Dream, the, the best of uh, Crowded House, but three brand new songs. And then, yeah, that's interesting. Four songs each, or four songs from each album. A couple of years later, in 1999, they released Afterglow. This is another compilation album, but this is kind of the the pair that goes with Recurring Dream, a collection of rarities, outtakes from between 1985 and 1995. In 2003, you got a classic Masters compilation album. It's basically a greatest hits, but I don't know what, you know, because a lot of bands had these classic Masters releases. I don't know what, what differentiates those from the greatest hits. Like it's
1: just, a, I think uh, it's a greatest hits like collection that is like, yeah. so if you bought all the classic masters, you'd have this mm-hmm. collection of bands, best songs. And I think there's a label that puts it out and it's in its own, yeah. almost like its own imprint. It's, its own
0: separate. Yeah. That's, that's the weird thing, right? Cause it's not from Capitol records or a or anything like that. It feels like it's its own thing. And I wonder how they can do that, how they can get away
1: just with that. Just paying the licensing, probably. I mean, oh, just okay. like just like everybody, pay the licensing. Just like KTEL? Yeah. And just like Reality Bites,
0: basically. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Around this time, sadly, March 26, 2005, uh, Paul Hester took his own life, uh, hung himself near his home in Elsternwick Park in Brighton, Melbourne. Uh, this was just devastating as a as a fan of the band hearing that news because he was such like when uh, when I would think of Crowded House, I would think of the base three people: Neil Finn, Nick Seymour, and Paul Hester. And uh, when I saw them in concert the first time, they came to uh, Boulder, and I saw them at the uh, university event center. Tim Finn was with the band; they were touring for Woodface. But it was the three of them that you could tell had a camaraderie, and you could tell. The jokes and everything that were going on were between those three, and Tim was just kind of like a an extra player, which is probably why Tim left the band after woodface or or after the tour for woodface uh just because he didn't feel like he was part of that that trio
1: okay i have got a question for you ask away of musician deaths that ever occurred. Yes. give me the top yes. three that actually affected you ooh that's good okay i I would jeez I would put
0: uh Ooh, when I put Paul Hester would easily be in the top three. Um, I was old enough in 1980 to to know the impact of John Lennon's murder. Um, mm-hmm. That one was a that one was a, a huge one for me. Oh, I've got to think about this. Uh, the third one. Let me think because I know there's been an artist recently that I, that was like, oh my god, we're not. Oh, Prince. Yeah, it was like you know not getting any. New Prince music um, was a hard was a hard loss. Oh, I would throw George Harrison in there too. Damn it! See, All right, hold on. Let me put these in the order. Let's see. <laughs> uh,
1: and I picked three for a reason because I knew this was going to happen.
0: Yeah. All right. John Lennon, Paul Hester, George Harrison. Where would yeah. Cobain rank? Cobain, see, here's the thing with with uh, Nirvana. I loved Nevermind and I loved Heart-Shaped Box. And I, I, but I didn't, I wasn't as into Nirvana going past that very much. And so so Kurt Cobain's death, I think I felt more with um, Chris Cornell's death than I did for Kurt
1: Cobain. And, and he, Kurt Cornell is definitely in one of my top, is one of my top three. Yeah, that's a big one. That is a big one. Uh my yeah, who, else, who else is in your three? Michael Hedges. He died in a car accident in 90, oh. I want to say 96, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say that the bass player for Blues Traveler, when he died, that really got me because I knew they were never going to be the same after that. Yeah, that's a tough thing. But it's a, a favorite band and you
0: you lose an integral member, you realize, oh my God, the band. You know, if it's a solo artist, I mean, forget it. You're like, okay, that's it. That's the last I'm getting of, of, of that, that artist's music. And that's kind of why I moved Prince out of the out of the top three for me. It was impactful based on everything that he had recorded and released into, into the 90s. But even I hadn't been keeping up with Prince's albums past. I think Love Sexy might have been the last Prince album that I picked up and listened to and loved. And I know he'd released a bunch of stuff after that. So it was devastating from a, oh man, you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to get to see him in concert. Yeah. I'm not going to get to see Prince live, which was a huge bucket list item. And it's why I feel like it'd be, I, I'm hurting myself by not seeing the Rolling Stones when they come to town, because who knows, I may never get another chance to see the Rolling Stones. Yep. And they're a bucket list band for me. Then as
1: another well. question. Is there somebody that you're, dreading the day it happens like oh
0: god there's a lot yeah i think the number one uh, on my list
1: i'll tell you the number one on my list is ozzy i think when he goes that's gonna be the oh, end of really? an era for me yeah
0: oh interesting yeah okay glenn tilbrook uh from squeeze okay would probably be that because i you know there there's several bands that i will buy sight unseen or or um day and, and day, then i'll still buy day, yeah. albums yeah yes uh, I'll still buy any new Crowded House album that comes out. I could stream every song. I can listen to it wherever I want anyway, but for whatever reason, it's the way I feel like I support the band. Same goes for Squeeze, and for Glenn Tilbrook, who also does solo stuff with a band called The Fluffers. Great band name, by the way. Yep. And uh, um, yeah. When something happens to Glenn Tilbrook, that's that's gonna that's gonna. Uh, devastate me. I think Elvis Costello is another one for me because yeah, well, it's, uh,
1: it's just people you've known your entire life. You don't know a world without yeah. them. Yeah, it's true, man.
0: That's a, that's a, uh, that's a hard subject. And I bet if you get, you know, if you gave me a, a week to, to re come up with that list of top three devastating deaths or, or the one I'm dreading the most, I bet you I'd come up with a dozen different answers yeah. depending well, on the day. And depending while on you were mood.
1: talking, while you were talking, I realized that I forgot to mention Dio, his death. That really got me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a, that was a heavy one. What about, um, you know, members of mushroom head or, um, dream theater or, uh, who would you say is your favorite band right now? Do you have one? Yeah. Cause yours fluctuates probably a lot more than, than mine.
1: Yeah. I've, right now I would say my favorite band is probably, and I'm going to be specific. I'm going to say that it's nineties era Spock's beard right now. Oh, okay so pre Nick Di yeah pre Nick uh, Di Virgilio yeah. like Nick Nick Di Virgilio led Spock mm-hmm. he was the mm-hmm. drummer before but that that period of time uh I think is my right now is my current favorite uh the right but I've also been putting a lot of Metallica time in too because they're a new album mm. yeah yeah it's tough yeah it's tough
0: boy who who would have thought that we'd get so into uh philosophical uh, death discussion on soundography. Well, uh,
1: that's the thing I like is sometimes the (laughs) conversations that are bred out of, that are uh, kind of initiated out of these conversations are actually better than the conversation we were going to have in the first place. I think so. And
0: I think um, this is what happens in quote unquote real life, you know, outside podcasting. When you talk to somebody about favorite bands, you talk about, Um, man, how much would it suck, you know, when Neil Finn dies and he's another one that would be like, oh my God, the death of Neil Finn would, would, you know, hurt me immeasurably as well. It's hard not, it's hard not to when uh, I've grown up with so much of his music.
1: So. And I'll also tell you that uh, I know that Cobain's death hit a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, It, I, because of the way I felt about Nirvana, like yeah. yeah, I know that their first album is probably an unmitigated classic, and I couldn't argue that. But yeah. Nirvana never really registered with me as much as like Soundgarden, as as like Soundgarden, yeah. Alice in Chains, and sure. so his death. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's crazy, terrible.
0: Mm-hmm. But it,
1: I didn't feel a, a existential loss like some people did.
0: I get that. I totally get that because I think that is you know you resonate with the band. I mean, obviously you're you're not like oh, I'm glad that he's dead, obviously, yeah. but but you're also not like kind of like I was like oh man, that is a loss for
1: grunge music. Good thing we still have Vetter and Cornell and Staley and I actually think we were just a little bit outside the demographic that would react it that way. I think we were five to probably. seven years too old for that to resonate the way it would do if we had been cutting our teeth on grunge. Yeah, I think so. Very interesting. All right,
0: well, let's get to it. I'm curious to see people's emails about this episode. I, I'm really curious to see, uh, to get feedback. So yeah. give us your feedback on this because I think this is a, this is an, an amazing topic to, yeah. to, to think about and come up with your own answers to. Uh, the next year, Crowded House released or, or performed Farewell to the World. This was a, uh, a 2006, I'm sorry, this was a 1996 show recorded in Sydney uh, they released it in 2006 as an album uh, outside on the steps of the world famous Sydney opera house in Australia. And this was to raise funds for the Sydney children's hospital. There were uh, CDs
1: and DVD. There was a CD and DVD released. Uh, this actually turned out to be their goodbye show. This was the, uh, the ta see you later of uh crowded house.
0: It was and it. And I honestly, and I saw this and you know, almost like the death of a, of a musician, a band saying that they're not, going to release music anymore that's kind of what i what we all thought was the case right that we weren't going to get any more crowded house music we could kind of rely on neil finn to continue producing stuff producing music but you know you you at this point you're saying so well i guess that's it for crowded house uh and for a while it was after their farewell like i mentioned neil
1: released a couple of solo albums and then a couple of live albums so one of the things that struck me is I I'll bring up my little note here in a second, but yeah. all of your bands seem to be either thickly tied together. All the ones you love are like yeah. tied together by either a person <laughs> or a sound. And sometimes the, th- the strings are really, really thick and other times they're kind yeah. of thin, but they all Tenuous. seem to be tied yeah. in the same uh, reference knot. Yeah. And to prove yeah. that Johnny Marr appears on his <laughs> albums and who knew that we'd discussed the, the twice this season.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. It is kind of funny because, yeah, I would not have expected The The to to make a an appearance in a crowded house show. But there you go. Yeah, Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr, man. He, God, that guy, he does elevate everything that he gets involved with. He adds a lot, too, whether it's The Smiths or The The or joining uh Neil Finn for some solo album work. And also for that Seven Worlds Collide, which I'm not sure... Do you mention that is? I think that is probably one of those Neil Finn live albums, which again, involves, uh, Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Eddie Vedder totally got involved with Neil Finn and, and doing stuff together around that time. Uh, Tim released a couple of solo albums as well. Uh, Mark Hart went back to super tramp and later toured with Ringo Starr and his all-star band.
1: Oh, I forgot the second R on Ringo Starr. And is right.
0: And the end. Yeah. And the end in Ringo. Oh,
1: yeah. Riggo. Rigo star. <laughs> Rigo star.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Olive Garden. Would you like i like the Riga star, please? <laughs> Short for Rigatoni. Uh, in 2007, Time on Earth was released. Yep. What? We're not ending the episode at the end of Crowded House. There's more Crowded House. Yeah, indeed, there was. Yeah, this started as a Neil Finn solo project. But as writing continued, it was decided to get the band back together again and release it as a Crowded House joint. Uh, singles from here, Don't Stop Now, She Called Up, oops, and Poor LeMond uh, were released. God knows where the satellite's taking us I can't tell what is right in front of us
1: But I hang on every word. The sound is not like like one crowded house album, it takes stuff from all of them and kind of man mushes it together because it's like all their sounds from their prior albums and they kind of add them in a mixing pot. They do, and and because of
0: that, it was hard for me to get back into uh, time on Earth. It was hard for me to appreciate, and it really took re-listening recently and again this week to fully appreciate time on Earth. And I and and. One of the songs that is on there, I did not realize is a single. So I'm breaking the rule too. So who cares?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I have a question. When you yeah. have a band, because I know how I am, but I want to ask you is, is when you have a sure. band that you love this much and you're yeah. so familiar with their stuff and it comes yeah. time to do a critical listen for the show. Yes. Uh, How hard is it for you to focus and be critical and not just sing along and do housework while you're it's, uh, pounding through it? It's difficult, but it's not impossible because
0: I, I'll approach every album like I'm listening to it for the first time. And what's great about this is like, you know, I can skip over the singles. I can skip over the songs that I know were hits because they're established hits. They're going to be hits. They're either, you know, A, I'm not going to need them for my, my um, playlist, but also we don't listen to, we don't do soundography for the hits. We do it for all of the other things around the hits. And so that makes it much easier for me to listen to a song like listen to Mean to Me at the beginning of the first album or World Where You Live or things like that and say, all right, how was this as a, you know, as an introduction to the band that that we got after Don't Dream It's Over? And we got this full album of stuff. And yeah. and how well does it work? In that way, it's easy for me. And if Time on Earth is any example. It's a great way to reconnect with something that maybe you wrote off because it wasn't. For me, it wasn't. Uh, I didn't like it at, at the time as much as the first four albums, and I was ready to say, "All right, that time of crowded house is done. We've got something new. It's okay, but it's, you know, it's not uh, together alone or Woodface or or Temple. But now, uh, now listening to it, it's I'm like, all right, I'm appreciating this a lot more. I've yeah. distanced myself from those other albums." it's been enough time for all four of the first albums. And then this one for me to now listen to this separately from those four and not group those four as the the big bully in the corner
1: of the prison yard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's true. Yeah. So in other words, we could actually steal a title from Tom Merritt and put, I'm pretend I'm dumb about crowded house as the yeah. subtitle <laughs> of this episode.
0: We totally could. Yes, it, <laughs> it really is. I mean, because, because everything from this point on for me was, with the exception of the new album. It was uh, it came out, I bought it, I listened to it maybe two or three times through over the first few days of having it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, they're still putting out good music. And it wasn't until the album last year, two years ago, Dreamers Are Waiting, that I went back and said, all right, let me, let me re-listen to Time on Earth and Intriguer and give them another shot, another appreciation. Time on Earth, that 2007 album, very well received by critics and fans, and it gained uh, platinum status. Uh, 2010, they came out with Intriguer. This album's lineup was Neil and Nick Seymour. Mark Hart and newcomer Matt Sherrod on drums. Again, the magic held, and critics and fans liked the release. Uh, The first single from the album was a song called Saturday Sun. And there was a deluxe edition that had a bonus DVD. They followed that up the same year with North America Travelog 2010. This was a live album collecting a bunch of the uh, tracks from uh, the live versions of tracks from uh, being on tour. And yet another very best of Crowded House album. Uh, around that time, there was also a double set of cover albums, one called She Will Have Her Way and another one called He Will Have His Way. Both of them, uh, compilation albums with covers, New Zealand musicians uh, covering the songs of Neil and Tim Finn. Uh, it's also Those both all uh, came out in 2010. One of them by female-fronted bands and the other one by male-fronted bands, as you could probably figure out which is which. Uh, skip out a few years 2010, uh, 2020 got a new uh, set of live albums Part 1 of Live 92 to 94 uh, And then a brand new album The most recent album entitled Dreamers Are Waiting This one just came out in 2021 The first single was a song called Whatever You Want This was released way ahead of the album in late 2020
1: It goes without saying that the twenty 2020 twenty to the twenty twenty one plans were totally out the window for touring and <laughs> all that stuff. So totally, yeah. And uh, for this one, you've
0: got new members of the band, uh, specifically Neil's sons, Elroy Finn and Liam Finn. Liam Finn, also a solo artist by his own right, but Liam and Elroy both joining the band, and uh, along with uh, their longtime producer uh Mitchell Froom and I'm trying to remember if Mitchell Froom Mitchell Froom produced the first few albums I have to look and see hold on I'm curious as to see which albums were produced by Mitchell Froom
1: um when he shows up they go froom froom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs>
0: They're not all good, Brian, you know that
1: They're not all good,
0: but but they do <laughs> They will always make me laugh How's that? Uh, let me see here, I want to look at the discography Because I know that The first couple albums were produced by Mitchell Froome So he produced their solo debut He produced Temple of Low Men I'm pretty sure he produced Yeah, he produced uh, Woodface um, I keep wanting to make a he, splinter
1: cell joke or a splinter joke there, but I just can't. With to wood make face? it work. yeah, I, know, I just can't yeah. make a splint, yeah. splitter split personality something. There's there's <laughs> something. a joke there. I just can't make it work. I'm trying. I've been trying since you said it.
0: i uh, keep keep working at it. Uh, do <laughs> uh, you know? There's also the mask, the movie with uh, yeah. Jim Carrey where he puts on a wood face, which, which, which actually, kind of looks like the the, the cover of the album. Really. Which is weird because that's one of two movies I've walked out of in my life. Oh, really? You walked out of the mask? Uh huh. Not surprised. It was not a very good album. Uh, let's see. Farewell to the World. That was the live the thing, the, uh, the album there. Here we go. Time on Earth, not produced by Mitchell Froom. That was co-produced by Ethan Johns and Steve Lillywhite. I mean, pff, producer extraordinaire Steve Lillywhite with yep. uh, XTC, Psychedelic Furs, uh, Simple Minds. I mean, that guy's produced everything. Intriguer, produced by... I'm fascinated by this to see if to see if the my love of their albums is more tied to
1: production technique.
0: Pr- production technique. And it might just be that it's like, oh man, it's like Mitchell Froom Mitchell Froom's albums. Hold on. Who produced Intriguer? Just have to like actually type the word in Wikipedia producer. Oh, here we go. Jim Scott. Do we know Jim Scott
1: from anything? Uh, Not off the top of my head.
0: Tedesky Trucks Band and Wilco. So produce Wilco. That's pretty cool.
1: You know, I'm really unfamiliar with Wilco. Ooh, put them on the list. Wilco's a great band for us to do. Oh my gosh, yes. My brother in law loves them, mm-hmm. uh, but I I don't think I've spent more than five minutes with Wilco in my life.
0: Then then they're a perfect soundography band because I know their album Whiskey Tango Foxtrot really well, and that's it. And it would be great to like uh, see see what. Uh, um, Let's see what goes we'll up to. By the way, I misspoke earlier. The uh, 2010 Greatest Hits album is called "The Very Very Best Two Varies." The oh, very very sorry. best.
1: No, I must. Right. Have, I must again auto redacted the second very. I, I
0: think that it's possible that uh, that Google Sheets auto redacted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so really, those two middle albums, uh, Intriguer and Time on Earth were not produced by Mitchell Froom until he, re, till he officially joined the band for Dream Is Our Waiting. And they had initially, they had uh, first asked him to be part of the band way back when, and he said, no, I'm, I've got too much production work to, to actually be part of any band. Uh, but then he finally succumbed and said, you know what? I'll be part of the new 2021 Crowded House. And so Mitchell Froome and the, uh, the brothers Elroy and Liam Finn, and they've added so much to the band, I gotta say. Having the three the three fins in there. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a Tim Finn in there, and it'll be just like the Finn family, <laughs> the Finn family band. Uh, so we mentioned the uh, the single uh, for whatever you want uh, to the island. Apparently, was also released as a single in 2021. Didn't know that either. <laughs> Don't hold it against me when playlists come up. And then we uh, also in 2021 got a sequel to the live albums collection with Live '92 and '94 part two Hammond, tell me about some statistics
1: and general notes about crowded house so as far as the style of the music goes it was well built to support the lyrics it feels like the lyrics came first and the music was designed to bolster and buoy the lyrics because Ooh, the, well, well said. I, <laughs> i've been working on that sentence yeah i love it <laughs> Uh, Nick Seymour was not just a bass player. He also did the cover art too. And he designed the costumes that they wore. wore. And now I need to ask, yeah. were they like early Genesis costumes? Or were they like, what were so, they doing? Were they wearing masks? Or? If you go back to Split Ends and look at the, like they
0: were as, as costume heavy in Split Ends as Genesis. Coming out with okay. a weird like weird, almost jestery, jokery kind of things and, and that sort of thing. Do you think they were inspired um, by that? They might have been. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I would love to know who came first because Split Ends was around for a long time. And and obviously, so was Genesis. But I wonder who was doing costumes first. Once they moved into Crowded House territory, um, I remember there being, they would wear like, you know, suit jackets. And and Nick had painted like for that first album, the the building motif that you see on the first album cover. He had painted buildings on their arms and the back of these suit jackets. So it's, instead of it really being costumes, it was more like customized clothing based on okay. the album that they were coming out with. And and you know just saw them as of as of the recording of this episode. Saw them a month ago here in Denver, and no uh, no cost no no. Paint or accoutrements to their uh, to their costumes. Nick wore a, a, a kilt, I think, as he almost always does. And uh, well, for ventilation, of course. Concerts are hot. You gotta, you've gotta have, yeah, exactly. And plus, Paramount Theater doesn't have any wind blowing up from below the band, so no, no danger of a uh, <laughs> keep the grundle nice and dry. But yeah, it's uh, the the costuming not so much anymore. But the album cover design, you know, throughout the years, there's a. a Uh, An absolute style to Nick's album covers And I'm so glad he does those We talked about seeing them in concert And, um, you know, uh, throwing out some some other songs Uh, There's Stairway to Heaven songs You know, stuff like Something So Strong Private Universe, uh, Locked Out uh, Fall at Your Feet, Weather With You Things like that those are um, all
1: decent. I know you're just trying to fill the empty I'm line filling, there. Yeah, I'm but filling. we both we all just know, you know what there's their no way. One Even people is. who don't know Crowded House know that uh, "Don't Dream It's Over" is their stairway to heaven song,
0: and it it absolutely is. Uh, Probably by-, by
1: like 500 plays. Don't you-
0: By by fifty, which oh. is uh, <laughs> that's still considerable. Like that means, you know, their second most popular song, "Weather with You," played fifty less times than "Don't Dream It's Over." Four hundred eighty-eight plays. So I mean, there's a lot of times when they'll, you know, a concert includes them going on a talk show and getting to perform one. Song. I
1: was just gonna say, do you think they did fifty talk shows? No, that's a lot. It's a lot of talk shows, but maybe yeah, appearances on nighttime. Something like that, yeah. Or Phil Donahue had him on, or something.
0: Probably, probably over the years, especially you know in the uh, uh, in the late '80s, early '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Springer maybe had him on. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what did we learn today? We learned that not to dream. It's over, and here's our closing band, Crowded House. Uh, all right, their top ten. Let's go through them. Don't dream. It's over. Weather with you. Fall at your feet. When you come. Distant Sun, World Where You Live, Better Be Home Soon, Four Seasons in One Day, Something So Strong, and It's Only Natural. And when you look at that top 10, Woodface, you've got Weather With You, Fall At Your Feet, Four Seasons in One Day, and It's Only Natural. So four of those songs come from Woodface. Just a couple, Distant Sun, actually Distant Sun is the only one from Together Alone, and the rest of them are from the first album, and oh, and... and um, and Temple of Low Men, but surprisingly, Sister Madly, not among those. Because every time I've seen them in concert, they do Sister Madly. We'll talk more about that in a minute, anyway. But because yeah. um, I have some specific things that I want to say, yep, about that. They also do covers. What is their most performed cover in concert? And I would guess, yeah, it's 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 a message to my girl, which was a split end song that came from the album Conflicting Emotions, which was again near the end of near the end of Split Ends' time. It was the second to last album. And it was the song that Tina and I used for our first dance uh, for uh, uh, when we got married. And it's one that in concert, Neil will perform.
1: Dedicate to you and Tina?
0: He'll dedicate to me and Tina. Silently, without the rest of the audience (laughs) knowing so they don't get jealous. (laughs) But he he kind of gives a knowing smile to the audience. He touches Tina, his, he pulls his earlobe for you. He pulls it, his, his earlobe and Tina and I know. Oh, this is just for <laughs> this is just for Brian and Tina. But it'll just be him on the piano for the first part of the song and then the rest of the band will kind of, you know, join in with it. But um that is such a freaking fantastic song. Okay. Speaking of covers, <laughs> let's get to who we would like to hear them cover. And uh I will start. So you think about you know, when I think about songs that I want to hear a band cover, I think about what are their strengths. What is the what is the Crowded House sound about? And a lot of it, of course, comes from Neil Finn's writing. And you can't really use that for a cover because it's going to be a song that somebody else wrote that that they're going to be covering. But the other thing you think about, or I think about, are the great harmonies you get them. You get them in something so strong, like these brilliant, brilliant harmonies a lot of their new stuff has these really, really tight harmonies. And when I think about harmonies and kind of that, that rustic instrument sound, I think of Indigo Girls. And I thought of the song Galileo as a song that, that lyrically fits right in the crowded house, the crowded wheelhouse.
1: Nice. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) <laughs> That's not even written, folks. He pulled that out of his butt. You could well hear done.
0: me. You could hear yeah. me develop that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and and then there, you know, the it's you could hear Neil Finn write a song about Galileo. He writes about stuff like that and appreciates yeah. the sciences as well as the arts. And I feel like Galileo would be a perfect crowded
1: house cover. What have you got, Hammond? Well, mine. I feel like I might be cheating. Okay. and it's because it's not a huge style change. It's just mm-hmm. I would love to hear them do this song, and it's "Call to Arms" from by Mike and the Mechanics from that first album of theirs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that they might not change it up too much. They might add harmonies. They might change the tempo a little bit, but I, I feel like it's no brainer. As soon as I heard the first album, like I could hear them doing all of the Mike and the Mechanics songs. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because like, hmm. like all the music you listen to, there's a tie because Paul Carrick, and then you know, there's this lineage of things that you've taught me yeah. about all those bands, and Paul Carrick is part of you know Mike and the Mechanics, and, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like it's I feel like it's cheating just because it's got the same uh, musical DNA kind of in it, but yeah, I would love I, to still hear it. I don't think yeah, that's definitely not a cheat. You know they're. When we when we do this
0: cover segment, um, I think you and I both do this, I'm pretty sure, is we don't just say, Hey, what's a song that would really take them out of their comfort zone? A lot of times we'll we'll do that if it's a band that we feel like could use that that mm-hmm. growth outside of their comfort zone. But sometimes we pick a cover that's like, hey, what's something that they could throw on an album and the average person? Who doesn't know the original would say, "Yeah, this is a Crowded House original." Would have no question that it's a Crowded House original. And um, I think in both of the cases this week, we both chose something that that if you were unfamiliar with Call to Arms or Galileo, you'd hear that and say, "Yeah, that that's a Crowded House original." And uh, and, and also surprising. for me,
1: yeah. Call to Arms is a deep cut for Mike and Mechanics. That's not a song that got radio play. No, so no. you'd have to yeah. know your Mike and the Mechanics to know it was a cover. You don't totally would, yeah. Oh, and by the yep. way, goes without saying I in the sky masterpiece if they did it. Oh, it would be. It totally would be. And again, <laughs> that would fit.
0: That would fit as well as anything that you mentioned last season. <laughs> like, like top, you know, top fit for crowded house. Again, I could absolutely hear Neil Finn singing about being the eye in the sky. <laughs> All right, let's get to our playlists. Uh, this is where we pick a few songs that you can pair up with their Greatest Hits albums, one of their many, many Greatest Hits albums, and uh, and have a nice little collection of uh, uh, of deep cuts
1: and, and hits. We also remind you of some of the later singles that came off, off of Idol's items. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we do, because we learn as we're writing the notes for the show, or in some cases, as we're reading the notes out loud for this show, <laughs> that songs that we didn't realize were singles turned out actually to be singles. So there you go. Mine is uh, is the most recent single that I didn't realize was a single, and that is a song called To the Islands. You
1: found me lost in the chaos and confusion. You said it's
0: possible but This isn't just my favorite song from Dreamers Are Waiting. This is becoming one of my favorite Crowded House songs in the top top five or or so. Well, I guess in the top six uh, Crowded House songs. The the whole vibe of the song, you've got great representation vocally of not just Neil Finn, but also Liam Finn and uh, Elroy doing uh, backing vocals. There's a great sing-along factor to this. But for the most for the most part, it's the lyrics that really really resonate with me because it is it's somebody complaining to a loved one that they feel insignificant in the world in the in the city where they're currently uh, residing. They feel like they're an ant in a in a in a big old uh, ant village of ants that are, you know that um, a small cog in the wheel and all that sort of thing. And this loved one says, you know what you should do? Let's go to the islands. And I think in specifically, they're probably talking about New Zealand (laughs) saying that let's move there. It's just the right size and you won't feel so so insignificant
1: by everything around you. And, and they I can hear this. Hobbiton. And they can tour, tour Hobbiton anytime they want.
0: They can. They can go to Peter Jackson land whenever. It's just right there. It's down the street. This is everything in New Zealand, probably. <laughs> um, but this, for whatever reason, resonates so much with me as I feel like myself these days, I would much rather like that. That here's a little a little community. Here's a nice little mom and pop restaurant grocery store that you can walk to uh, on this island. Yeah, give me some Wi-Fi so I can still do my podcasting and still do my freelance. I'll give up the lift driving because quite frankly, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I don't I won't need that aspect of my life if I've got this kind of island, uh, this home. And I'm not talking about like an island that has to be on a beach with a palm tree and blah, blah, blah. No, you're talking but about like a, smaller, a small town,
1: like Deer Lodge, like a small Montana. Town. Exactly, exactly. Yep, And I have to admit, there's a part of me that now I've got, I'm in my early 50s now, and Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that wants to find a place, like I find by accident sometimes, where there's a collection of people that come in every morning, and they read the paper, they talk a little story, they have a little bit of coffee, have some eggs, and then go about their day. Exactly. And I would love to find a place like that, but those are harder and harder to find. They are. Yeah, and definitely. the idea of loitering in a place many restaurants don't want you to do that <laughs> because they're trying to turn over the, the table so they can get more money
0: exactly for sure yeah this is like you know you're not gonna get this in your Manhattan Starbucks they're gonna they're gonna usher you out really quickly although I I still see the people in my local Starbucks who show up there at 6 a.m with their laptop their iPad um, phone and and ear you know uh, airpods or something. And I know that they're just rooting there for the day. They're going to sit there and watch YouTube videos all <laughs> damn day long. And uh, I'd love to know what, you know, what are you doing with your life that you're able to do this, dude? Because <laughs> how how can I do whatever job you're doing to make money? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, that's exactly, that would be exactly what it is. And you know, everybody there's like different viewpoints and different experiences and things. Some, um, this guy doesn't always Often say things you agree with, but he's part of your little 20 person community yeah. or 50 person community, and you don't care because you know, deep down, he's he's uh, he loves the same things you do, and, and yeah, and, uh,
1: and if he asked for help with his farm or with his car or whatever, yeah, you would be part of the group that showed up to help him, yes, exactly. So, those of you listening, if you uh live
0: on a little small island, a little small community, um, and it has to be warm there, all right, I don't want I don't want one of those Montana's out because
1: it's winter a lot there.
0: Yeah, I don't want one of those little islands off the coast of Alaska. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, But uh, but if this is like
1: if this is you, uh, reach out. Let me know and if there's a home available. My idea: find a small town like in New Mexico and set up shop. Yeah, that's not bad. I like I like uh, green and red
0: chilies. So yeah. that's, uh, that That feels pretty good to me Alright, anyway back to
1: fully <laughs> <I'm laughs> on song one of my playlists I gotta tell you, they've, they've learned a lot about us This episode I think so,
0: this is what happens when it's one of one of our two Favorite bands, or like one of the two of us's yeah. Favorite bands, is we Can expound a lot on Pontificate on, We can, exactly uh, Number two, uh, Italian Plastic This is from the album oh, Woodface Italian Plastic I bring you rocks and flowers. You say they look You pick me up. This is, I'm you know, among all of those giants of songs on Woodface, this is easily a, a song that you might miss and uh, and you shouldn't, because it's it's sung, written and sung by Paul Hester and shows off his. Uh, his sense of humor in the lyrics it's a great song about um, well I don't know exactly what it's about it starts out with giving gifts and and you know bringing something back for somebody when they visit Rome and they bring back a bunch of Italian plastic so uh, but it's a it's a love song at heart and uh, is a great love song to Paul Hestri the late great at least Paul it's Hester. not
1: about the, to go silverware from Olive Garden it is it is not uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Because it is Italian plastic I see what you did there Very good That's two Olive Garden mentions Uh, We get the, the And Olive Garden Mentioned (laughs) twice Uh, Third for me Is Love This Life This is from Temple of Lone Man I think it not just because I love the song, but because it represents a a subset of Crowded House songs that I really like. There are a few songs in the in the Crowded House library that have the verses sung in a minor key and recorded minor key, but then they get resolved by the chorus, which is in a major key. And um, this is the first of those. And I think it's the one that I like the most, Love This Life from Temple of Man. Just, you know, it's that unease of the verses and then it's just ah resolved by this beautiful chorus in a major key and then back to the back to the uh, minor key verses. fourth one for me is one that i did not realize was a single until we started doing the show and it's a song called she called up from oh, time on earth you gave to me? oh go a chasm wide it took us all it took us all the mountains and the tide It took us all She called up Time on Earth, as I mentioned earlier, I was so ready to write this album off as being not as good as the first four of their albums, but um, in a re-listen to the albums this week, this song, I had forgotten how much I liked it and it was re-listening to this album. It was like, oh, I forgot about She Called Up. That's a great song. and immediately put it in my list here. Uh, Number five for me is Recurring Dream. This is uh, on their first Greatest Hits album. You know how bands do this to make sure their fans still buy the Greatest Hits albums, even though they have the albums that contain all the content from them. They record new tracks for them. Recurring Dream had uh, Not the Girl You Think You Are, which is also a great song, and Recurring Dream, the title track, which they recorded for their greatest hits. It's a song that, that like, if I need to clear my head, and the best example of this is when I used to go out and play golf a lot, and I needed to focus on my swing and bending my knees and interlocking my my fingers correctly on my club and not turning or twisting the club as I drew it back or as I brought it forward, whatever, I cleared my head by thinking of the opening guitar lick of Recurring Dream. And whatever for whatever reason, that clears out any to-do list items. It clears out any non-related thoughts to what I'm currently doing. And so it helped me focus. And and I only sliced it into people's backyards a third of the time as opposed to all the time. (laughs) My neighbor wants to go and play golf. Soon, like in the next couple weeks, and uh, so I'm gonna have to pull this song back up out of my head, and and uh, because I think he wants to go to a place where the fairways all have rows of these nice houses on either side. I'm like, oh, Oh. this is gonna suck. I'm gonna
1: break windows and kill. I'm gonna break windows, exactly, exactly. My dad got hit in the mouth of the golf ball when I was really, really young. Oh God! And And he's had a partial dental replacement my entire life because of it. Oh. Oh God. Okay. I hope he wasn't, was he in Colorado at
0: the time? No, no, he was in Hawaii.
1: Oh, thank goodness. Okay,
0: good. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was a, you know, I, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't playing golf at uh, 12 or 11. How yeah, old were yeah. you when that happened? Uh, let's see. I was like f- five or six. Okay. Yeah. Then I definitely didn't do it. All right, good. I'm safe. Um, finally, I'm going to pick a sixth because I could easily pick 50. Crowded House songs from my playlist, but I'm limited to six. And this one's a cover. A band not known for doing a lot of covers and I'm just going to use this opportunity to say, hey, Neil, if you ever want to just kind of take a break from songwriting and release an all-cover album, an all-cover Crowded House album, nobody would have a problem with that. People would freaking love that. And uh, this is one of the covers that uh, he recorded for the Apple Sessions. It's a cover of The churches Under the Milky Way. I think about the loveless fascination, under the Milky Way tonight, lower the curtain down. Which is already a brilliant song by the church, but Neil Finn sings it brilliantly, uh, even more brilliantly than uh, the church. Performed it, and it's it's a another classic, another great song. It's so good; it's like a religious experience. Ah, church. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, heaven Let's get to your
1: playlist. What have you got? All right, so my first one I picked is Tombstone, and it's from the self-titled album. Don't let Entire album, I really do, but I picked this one because it's kind of what the whole album sounds like in one song without being don't dream it's over or one of the yeah. other singles. Yeah. And so I, I figure like this is the as you're listening to the first album, you get the songs everyone knows. But when you get to this one, if I wanted to say what the whole album sounds like and what most mm-hmm. of Carter House sounds like, I would point to this song. Great pick. Yeah.
0: Really, really and good then choice. uh
1: this is the one that Brian wants to spend some time talking about <laughs> and it's the one he called out by name when he saw my list that he wished he'd done it uh sister madley from lowman no
0: baby not so green no baby not so sister madley waking up the day systematically stepping on my head sister madley waking up
1: this sounds like it could have been a swing ska tune almost, mm-hmm. but I really, really dug it. It is a great song. And it surprises me that it's not among
0: the first, the top 10 songs that Crowded House um, performed on tour. And it may just be because it came out with the second album and by that time they'd already entrenched with Don't Dream It's Over and Something So Strong and, and World Where You Live and things like that. This is a song that seeing them perform it live, and I think I even said... Do me a favor, listen to each of the different live versions of Sister Madly. And did you notice anything unusual about, about all the different live versions of Sister Madly?
1: I'm going to be honest. I was in Steamboat most of that. That's all right. Week, that's so totally fine.
0: <laughs> and, I didn't and get a listen, chance
1: to listen to all the live.
0: That's okay. And and uh, uh, you, you almost have to be really familiar with the lyrics to be able to pick it up. But the third verse, they will... So when you see them in concert, there's a lot of chit-chat. There's a lot of stuff while they're tuning, you know, quickly tuning a guitar that just got handed to them by a roadie or fixing this or, oh, I started that song wrong. Can we maybe do it? over? and, you know, they'll, we'll do that and they'll get into a chit-chat. And it's every time they, they perform, you get a lot of, of it's almost stand-up comedy to watch them perform live. <laughs> and, and invariably something will happen that kind of will become memorable enough that they'll then use it as the third set of verses. So, you know, uh, now you're trying to get somewhere, somewhere you imagine in your wildest dreams. But instead of singing that, they'll sing, now you're trying to get the lady in the audience to stand up and she's not standing up even though you've called her out twice.
1: And like basically <laughs> they will
0: change the lyric to be something that has happened so far in the concert. But they they roll right into it and they do... You know, it's got. This is a song that's got a lot of back patter with the all the dirt that you're digging up, all the dirt that you're digging up, and uh, so the rest of the band will sing, will patter back the <laughs> the thing that Neil just sang as that <laughs> as that uh, chorus, and it is so much fun to figure out what they're going to to call out. It's almost becoming a thing you look for in a crowded house show, is what they do. So when you listen to those live albums. Really focus on Sister Madly and the the, the live the, the stuff they do on the song for uh, the live
1: version. All right all right that's so, all I had to say about that okay so my my third one is four seasons you in one can day from Woodface a man
0: from what he has to say, everything gets turned around and I will risk my neck again again You
1: can take me where you will. Up the creek and through the... This is the theme song for Utah in March. That's all I have to say, really. Uh, And also, I will say that for a music show that has now been, what, eight, nine seasons in, Mm -hmm. we have not invoked the Beatles as a reference point very often. Yeah. But I feel like it's, I would be in trouble if I didn't say this feels like a lost Beatles tune. It's totally true. Yeah. Uh, Lyrically, especially there's something very lyrically familiar about it. And even in the vocal delivery, it feels very Beatlish.
0: There's, um, there's something very Abbey road about, Mm -hmm. about four seasons in one day. And it's funny you bring it up with this song because I would, I would also say that the next song in your list is like a Beatles White Album track.
1: Yeah, actually, I did think that. I just didn't write it down because I already made that. I didn't want to keep repeating my yeah note themes. <laughs> yeah, you could
0: almost there. <laughs> there, there's a few songs you can almost say, okay, this is kind of like a Magical Mystery Tour era Beatles song, or this is like a Please Please Me era Beatles song. Locked Out,
1: I think, is a Please Please uh, yeah. Please, Please Please Me era. It's Beatles just song really interesting because it shows. Like, there's a certain generation of songwriters that, of course, were inspired by the Beatles and the Stones and mm-hmm. those those bands and the Who. And you can hear it as they've progressed through their albums. Now, the songwriters mm-hmm. today, they weren't inspired by the Beatles as much, so you don't hear it as often. Mm-hmm. But with yeah. this band in particular, there's a lot of Beatles influence. And sometimes it's more overt than others. Uh, this one's incredibly overt. Yes, for sure. For sure. And then of course the next one uh, that Brian was talking about was Pineapple Head from Together Alone. I
0: like a to you
1: And I was drawn to this by the title. The title I thought was very entertaining and <laughs> uh, made me start thinking about it. But I also really liked the arrangement. I thought the arrangement was super interesting. Yeah. It was a little bit different than the normal arrangements they came up with, and it kind of just stood out in its uniqueness. You get some different instruments and even a different cadence to it. By the way, the the
0: the lyrics to the song came from Liam Finn having a fever dream as a kid and like talking in his sleep while Neil and uh, Sharon, his wife, were were uh, taking care of him, right? So Liam's sleeping, but he's having this fever dream. And he says, pineapple head, blah, 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 detective is flat. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and and of course, like any good father, Neil
1: uh, started writing these down as song lyrics. <laughs> to to rem- remind him of those moments for the rest of his life. Exactly, yes. <laughs> it's like Steve Vai chased his kid around with a recorder for like, I don't know, like a year recording this this baby talking, and then Uh turned it around into Yayo Gak on one of his EPs. (laughs) Really? Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) Uh, My fifth choice is Mr. Telly's Gone Bung. I love that. Just from the title alone, what a yeah. great choice. Yeah. And yeah. I said another title I could not stop talking about. It's such a quirky little song. And this one actually, there's a little posies influence in this one. I hear it off of like one of their either their first or the um so either failure or success. I bet, and I don't know for
0: sure, but I'll bet Matelli's Gun Bung is a is a Paul Hester song. Just because of the humor? Because of the humor, and yeah, just from that. Exactly, just from the title and the humor and stuff. It feels like a Paul Hester thing. I'm trying to look for any information about it.
1: I need to feel like I need to start using that phrase in sentences as often as I can now.
0: <laughs> my telly's gone bung. It's a my, by the way, not a mystery. I, just, uh, I was thinking Mr. Telly until I started looking it up. It's like, oh, my, my telly's gone bung. They were recorded. Oh, okay, so it was one of the songs that was recorded for Woodface before Tim Finn became involved, but it doesn't say... This is now just for my whole navel gazy uh, um,
1: Your own edification. Let's call my it my own edification. Ed- let's let's call, let's call it, it that
0: curious as to who wrote it. Paul Paul Newell Hester. There we go. Okay. telly has gone bung. <laughs> Except nowadays
1: love. we don't have the opportunity to say it because usually it just means sort of buffering or we don't have a good Wi-Fi signal.
0: Right. Well, you could say that. Oh, I'm sorry, my Wi-Fi's gone bung. My route has
1: gone bung. <laughs> <laughs> See, if we titled shows, this yeah. would be definitely be my Wi-Fi has gone bung would yeah. be the title of the show for sure, for sure.
0: If only I'll remember it uh, when tomorrow. I go to when I go to <laughs> upload the show exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, t- and I'm trying to write show notes for it. <laughs> uh, very good. Ah, oh, great collection of stuff. And
1: oh, um, we're going to change it up completely next week. God, next week. we are.
0: Yeah, we are. Uh, Next week, Hammond, who are we listening to?
1: We're going to listen to Paul, Gene, Peter, and Ace. Yeah. And then
0: all the other ones that came and went after Peter and Ace left. Yep. 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 (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, Kiss. You wanted the best. You got Kiss. Sorry. Yep. I hope that's okay. (laughs)
1: Yep. And for a while, they were. I will admit, in, in 79, Kiss was Kiss Go Best. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what I think of it because my uncle was really into Kiss and so I got to listen to all those albums as a kid. I think I liked them just because of the, the awesome album covers and the Kiss makeup and the fact, that, oh my God, this one's the cat. This one's the star whatever. And this one's the demon. It's oh, the yeah. star child. The star child. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but I'm wondering how well they hold up for me because. Without all that stuff, will I like Kiss? Will I like it? So I guess we'll find out. That's coming up next week. Between now and then, here's what I want you to do. I want to hear. We want to hear about your your uh, most devastating musician deaths, or the one the death of your most look not looking forward to or songs that you recorded when your child was having a fever dream and started talking, (laughs) email us soundography podcast at gmail.com to get those to us. Follow us on Twitter at the soundography. Uh, We post there whenever we have a new release of anything to let you know that it's there. Uh, Soundography.com is the website uh, features a, uh, the backlog of all of our old shows, including show notes for every single episode which will have playlists linked to our Spotify playlists, as well as links to where you can buy the songs. For this one, uh, we'll just link to the very, 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 very best of Crowded House. <laughs> which by this time, we'll, we'll, by the time we release this album, will be or the, this episode will be out. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon if you love what we do. Support us to keep the soundography lights on. We also give you extra content because of that. Soundography.com. I'm sorry, Patreon.com/soundography. And if you love the show and want other people to know about it, well, write it in big letters in spray paint on the nearest True Value Hardware store sign, or you can wow. put a review. Yeah, you know, was that a deep? Was that a deep cut? That's 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 something. <laughs> Not a deep cut, but like a specific. Was I too specific there, Hammond? Do I have <laughs> I, I, I eliminated just, I, I just, sponsorship possibilities from well, True I Value just, Hardware?
1: I I, I I tend to steer away from condoning or encouraging vandalism. Well, okay, All right. just for vi- liability's sake.
0: Our listeners know not to do that sort of thing. Uh, No, do it the best way possible using uh, reviews on the sites where you get your podcasts or just tell people about it that you love it on Twitter or Facebook and say, my God, I was told to do this by Hammond and Brian. So by golly, I'm going to do this for this very special four hour episode of Soundography about Crowded House. Uh, (laughs) Leave your reviews all about the show and let other people know to go and check them out. Hammond, anything before
1: we close out? It's funny. We are doing uh, another one of your favorite bands in a couple episodes. Yes. And I feel like this is kind of making up for that, that ska and prog season we did a while back.
0: <laughs> Mostly the prog because I do like ska. But yes, like making me listen to Megadeth, this is your penance now. You've got to listen to a couple
1: of my favorites. And, but I love uh, these guys. I love both these guys. So it's not yeah. like it's yeah. not like a, it's be hard. Yes, yeah. exactly.
0: This will be interesting because, uh, well, obviously next week, KISS, but coming up that other band, I liked them a lot at the beginning and I kind of fell off with them, so be, this will be my way of saying, alright, how did they do once I stopped listening to all their, their first few albums? Uh, you'll have to find out who we're talking about later on, but next week, KISS, and on behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brian Abbott saying thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, right here on Soundography.